Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello and welcome back to the What We Said podcast. I'm Chelsea. And, and I'm JC. And today we are here talking to Eman Osman, and it is a great episode. So please stay tuned and listen. We talk all about how she kind of got her start. She is Canadian. This is our first Canadian on the podcast. No, we had no? Kaylin Bristow on. She's Canadian. Oh, true, true. Oh my gosh, she is? What the? Okay. I kind of forgot that. Anyway, she's a content creator. She is like everything that a girl boss is. She's mm-hmm. awesome. She gives some great tips for um, she works at Bloom doing their content creation and doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. and Which is she, a very cute company that you guys need to look at on Instagram. We talk more about it in the episode. Totally. And she has her own podcast with her co-host, Angela, and they, it is called The 20-something Podcast. I actually was guest on their podcast a couple weeks ago, and it was a fun time, so we wanted to have her on. And um, we're going to talk about her podcast, the message behind it, and finally we get into the Black Lives Matter movement. She obviously has some um, great tips for kind of keeping this momentum going, even though maybe your feed seems as though it's gone back to normal, and gives us her perspective on it, um, you know, how she's feeling about it at the moment, and some really good advice. Yes. I honestly, something that I really took away from this interview is like, she's so smart and Mm -hmm. well-spoken. When she said she was 23, I believe she said she's 23. Yeah, I think so. And I was actually kind of shocked because she's so smart. Yeah. I'm just like, you know your stuff, girl. She's a real hustler and I just loved her energy. Totally. I think you guys will absolutely love her. And I also loved that she did talk about her experience growing up as a black girl and like comments that she got in elementary school and just some things that like, honestly, we were completely unaware of. So yes, um, I think it was a, a really, really good conversation. Yeah. Really good conversation that I think you guys will love. So stick around to the end. And without further ado, Eman. Okay. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hello. I'm good. Thank you for having me. So excited to have you. Yes. We're so excited. We are going to jump right into this interview by asking you where you grew up and what was your childhood like? Mm-hmm. So I was born in Toronto, Ontario, um, a little area of it called Etobicoke. Um, and I was born to my mom and my dad. My dad passed when I was 10 months. So um, I grew up in a single family home with two older sisters. And when I was 10, I moved to Edmonton, Alberta, which is kind of random. Um, It's kind of like the Midwest of Canada and it's very much oil, working class, blue collar. So that was my childhood. And, you know, we weren't, we definitely were working class, 
we weren't rich by any means. In fact, we did struggle, but I honestly had no clue. I had no clue that we were struggling. In fact, I thought we were rich. Um, the first time I found out that we were not rich, in fact, me and my sister were learning about the class system in whatever culture way back when. And I was like, you know, we'd probably be part of the royalty. And she was like, no, 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 we would definitely be the peasants. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I literally had no clue that we lived like this. I think that my mom did such a really good job at making sure that um, we never felt poor and she had more kids than she could even hold the hands of as a single mom, but she did such an amazing job and resiliency is in our bones. And that's definitely where I get my drive and my, my hustle from all to her. When I was 18, I made the decision to move to Vancouver, BC by myself. They call that the Hollywood North actually, because <laughs> nice. they film so many movies over here. Um, so I moved here to go to university. I went to Simon Fraser and I took communications and like the media and technology realm. And I just graduated two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Congrats. Congrats. Thank you. That is kind of the short and very simplified timeline of my life. I'm definitely where I am now because my mom gave up so much and sacrificed so much and worked literally so hard to the bone um, to put me here. And I'm so thankful. I love that. I love that too. And as you're talking, I just really need to go to Canada again. And I really want to go to Vancouver. I've like been saying that for so long because people say it's so pretty. Where have you been? Um, so my stepdad is Canadian actually. Ooh. Um, so he grew up outside of Toronto just a little bit. And so we used to go there all the time on family vacations, but I haven't gone recently with them just cause like I'm married now and yeah, you, you know, gotta go to the West coast now. girl. Yeah. But I hear it's so pretty. And so even when you're like, oh, in Edmonton, I'm like, I know all these places just because my dad is Canadian, actually. I love that. Um, Yeah, we have the Rockies over here. Um, We have the beaches. We have the mountains. So take your pick. We have the desert. Wow. Yeah, I'm really (laughs) trying to make a trip when the borders open up and everything is safe. Well, what is it like um, right now? Yeah, speaking of that, for you guys, as far as the virus and quarantine and all that goes. Definitely not like you guys. We definitely do not have the type of cases. They are calling us the Florida of Canada, though, because we have the beaches. And the last long weekend, literally everybody and their moms and their dogs were at the beach. Yeah. Um, not social distancing at all. So we actually got to a point where Vancouver Island, which is a very big part of BC, had zero cases. And now wow. we're back to having a few cases, but definitely more relaxed. Honestly, you don't really see that many masks when you go out and about. Um, people really aren't wearing masks at the grocery store, at the mall, anywhere. Um, restaurants are back open, which kind of makes me nervous. Honestly, my my idea is like, I will sit on a patio and have some patio drinks with friends um, outside. But when it comes to the fitness studios that are open now, like, Barry's boot camp, all of these cycling places. I'm really not trying to breathe the same recycled air with yeah. 20 other people. Um, so it's honestly kind of like back to regular life. But I think that the second wave is going to hit us. I'm sure. Yeah. We're going to be quarantined again. Is it, um, I may be dumb for asking, is I think the Canadian border is still closed, right? Like you can't travel from the US to Canada or can you? Oh, we are. Literally 45 minute drive to the border. And then after that, it's like 45 minutes again to Seattle. Oh, wow. So we are so close to Washington. Um, Funny though, I actually thought that 
I was right above like the White House for the longest time ever. <laughs> that kind of Washington. I, yeah. I learned it is that like confusing two years honest. ago that I wasn't right. It's so confusing. <laughs> like the two fact that ago. they call it Washington DC and then Washington. It's like when you're little, I just remember that have like you have to take a minute to have that click for you. Why would they do that to us? Yeah. No clue. It's really annoying. <laughs> Truly, but, I don't know like where my states are even in comparison. Like I don't even know where Texas is compared to where I am right now. I'm not kidding. It's horrible. You guys have, I really like, need to work on my geography. <laughs> do you have 50 states or 51 or 52 or 49? 50. 50. Okay. See the things you don't know. I know. But um, apparently a lot of Americans are trying to come up to BC by saying that they're going to the Yukon. What does that mean? What is that? Is that not a part of America? Oh my God. What's Yukon? <laughs> you can't I don't even know air that. I don't either. I think it's actually part of Canada, you guys. Is it like a state? Is it like a city or something? Or like a Or is a it park? Greenland? I think it's so there's a part of America that's above Canada. Alaska? Do you know how you guys have Yes. Okay. Oh my God. They're going <laughs> through the border saying they're going to Alaska and actually staying oh. in BC. Um, oh, wow. But that's like not legal right now. It's so not legal. Yeah. That's so, so wild. People. I know. I wonder where, when everything will be opened up again. <laughs> Us wanting to go to Canada. Yeah, like, wow, that is such a weird idea to do that. <laughs> like, interesting. And they just stay in British And they get away with that for that how ever. long? Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, that is wild. All right, you guys, we're going to talk about something that I hold near and dear to my heart, and that is sleep. And how are we going to get better sleep, you might ask? Well, let me introduce you to a company and our new sponsor. Let me tell you a little bit about it. Aurora. They offer organic luxury hybrid mattresses with natural foam and New Zealand wool fiber. Sounds fancy, huh? Well, it feels fancy. Let me tell you, I just got mine. JC just got hers and we're loving it. Aurora features premium Sri Lankan latex and wrapped coil springs to provide contour and a touch of bounce for supportive sleep throughout the night. What's the secret to your best night's sleep? First, toss out the memory foam. Just get rid of it. And upgrade to Aurora's natural and sustainable latex tapped from real rubber trees. No formaldehydes or toxic chemicals, just an extra two inches of plush contouring support that sleeps cool. Okay, it gives you that weightless feeling you know that we all want. Neutral spine alignment, so no sinking or pulling on the natural curve of your back. The weight is evenly distributed from head to toe. How nice. Doesn't that sound amazing? Let me tell you, from experience, it is amazing. Also, they have a 365-night trial. That's right, 365 nights. No question asked. If you don't like it, they'll take it back, even if it's 364 days later. You get free shipping, free returns, and a forever warranty. Also, this is the best part. Yeah, that's right. I haven't even gotten to the best part yet. Your impact is tenfold when you buy from Aurora. 10 trees for every mattress sold. Every time you choose Aurora, know that 10 trees will be planted to restore forests in Kenya, uh, Tanzania, Uganda, and that's just the start. The 10 trees they donate are fruit trees, which will help a farmer and his family get on the path to food security and financial stability. How amazing is that, you guys? You get to sleep better, you get to help a family in need. And don't worry, we absolutely have an offer for you guys, an exclusive listener-only offer. $350 off plus 100 trees planted with your purchase. Sleep better knowing you just planted in a small forest, okay? So let me repeat that. $350 off plus 100 trees planted with your purchase. Use discount code WHATWESAID. Go to www.aurorasleep.com slash pages slash WHATWESAID. Don't worry, this will be linked in the show notes. If you want to check it out, go now. Okay, so you said that you just graduated. So we know you work for Bloom. So I want mm-hmm. you to tell us a little bit about 
what that brand is for people who don't know. And then um, did you work for them through college or did you just get that job or kind of tell us your history with them? Yeah. So I actually met, so Bloom is actually founded by two women of color, Taryn and Bunny Gatora. And it started as a period subscription service. So every month you would have 100% natural and organic tampons or pads delivered right to your door with other various feel good things like chocolate, tea, you name it. Um, They rebranded, right. And so needed. They rebranded to Bloom. And I'd met my founder, Taryn. Oh wait, what was it called before? Uh, it was called L Box. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Wait, this is so, L? No, it's a different one. Oh, gosh. No, it's a different <laughs> one. Talks so about the many. competitors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I met Taryn, my founder, at a network event in my first year. And we just shook hands. There was not much to it. Um, and then I was kind of following along with them throughout the years. And uh, I would talk to Taryn here and there. She would ask me, like, do you want to come model for a shoot? And never, like, fully got together because of scheduling. Um, but I ran into them actually at another event in my third year. And it was at this um, women's networking event for, it was around Valentine's Day. And I really wasn't going to go because none of my friends wanted to go with me. But I decided just be a big girl, go. You never know the type of friends you'll make. You never know the type of people you'll meet. And I ran into Taryn and Bunny. And Taryn said to me, what are you up to? You look like you're killing it. Um, what are you doing this summer? And I said, well, I'm actually looking for an internship. And she said, obviously no promises, but let's get coffee and talk about you working at Bloom and starting up some sort of community thing. Um, And so I met up with them and a little summer internship in my third year going into fourth turned into me staying on throughout the whole year doing part-time. And throughout COVID, my role kind of shifted. So I was doing a little bit of community and brand work. Um, Once everything obviously shut down, we really had to think about our community and be gentle with our community. So I decided to film more at-home content for quarantine. So feel good stuff, my morning routine, my skincare routine, question and answers, all of these things. So to put it simply, Bloom is a 100% natural, organic self-care brand. And we are really here for Gen Z girls to be the brand that they grow up with through really good products that are good for them and the environment. So we do that by really good skincare products. Yeah. Meltdown is our acne oil treatment. It is literally so powerful. I don't know how because it is so natural. It's all essential oils. Um, I have to make sure you guys get some after this, but it's known to take down your zits overnight. And if not overnight, then a few nights after. Um, wow. Okay. I need yeah. that. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what is like the number one um, product that you would say for people to try? Like one product from Bloom. Would it be that? The number one product you should try from Bloom is definitely Meltdown. It is what's gotten us the most love. Like Teen Vogue loves us. Allure loves us. It is so well loved and it's created a really strong following for us. Not because of the branding, not because of this, not because of that, but because it truly is so effective. It really does work. So if you guys were to try one, I would suggest Meltdown. It is filled with so many good oils that instead of, because natural, because normal, sorry, acne oil treatments really dry out your skin, but this one 
works by nourishing your skin and bringing zits to the surface, but healing them at the same time. Yeah. Um, so you're not left with the acne scarring afterwards. And if you use it for long enough, um, a month and longer, uh, it fades down your acne scars. So it's really wow. win-win. Wow. Yeah. That's so awesome. I would really urge you to try Meltdown if you're in the market for a acne oil treatment. And that's what I love about Bloom and my job, it's that we are really doing this for Gen Z girls. We don't want them to have to go through the stigma of periods and acne and all the hardship that you go through with that. So um, just introducing products to them that are good for their bodies and for the environment and will help them with their confidence. I love that. That's, That's so cute. So cute. And I'm looking at the Instagram right now and it's the yeah. cutest thing. I was going to say, and also it's bonus, adorable, everything right? in their shower is going to be cute if they have all of these oh like, God, products yes. that are sustainable and cute branding and... Yeah, they are um, set up for success there. That is so cute. I'm literally just stalking the feed right now. Aw. It's so amazing because I, when I joined the team, it was actually just my two founders and then our marketing girl, Deanna. So I was a second hire and it was four of us. Um, and we probably had, I think, like 30,000 followers. Our community was that big. And oh, now wow. we've grown so much this year. We have nine people on our team and... Um, our community is just even bigger and it's so strong. So the amount of growth that I've seen over the past year being here is something that I'm really proud to be a part of. That's yeah, amazing. that's so exciting to be with a company like when you start out, you know, at the beginning stages of their of their brand and then be there for the rise of it. And like, I feel like it's so much more motivating when you're working for a company like that because you're helping them like build it up instead of joining in when it's already like this humongous you know, successful brand. You get to really exactly. feel like you're part of it. Yeah. We've met with so many people who work in startups that are, you know, huge in their series C funding. Like they are massive now. Um, and they always tell us, cherish the days where it's 10 or less of you because it'll go by so fast. And soon you're not going to know everyone's name in the office. And I'm like, oh my God, this is my first job. I couldn't imagine ever working at a place like that. Yeah. But it's, it's amazing. I work directly under my founders and Taryn to me, honestly, is more like a career coach than a boss, um, than my CEO. And she's, she always says to me, we hire to fill seats on the bus and then where he shifts is up to you. So she's really allowed me to oh, find out cute. more of my passions, right. And, um, try out so many different things. So I've directed photo shoots, video shoots. I've created content at home. I've done some community work. I've led focus groups talking directly to Gen Z girls about what they want, what they need, what they see on social media, how they feel. Um, so I've done so many different things and yeah, it's just the beginning of my career and I'm so, I'm so lucky and I'm so grateful. Yeah. What amazing opportunity for you. That's cool mm -hmm. to like be part of that. Um, do you take the photos for the Instagram feed or like, are you just kind of running like the content? Like, are you posting on the Instagram? I'm personally not posting on the Instagram. We have a social media manager. Her name is Deanna and oh, she okay. runs that show and she is so amazing at what she does. Um, so every story upload, every feed upload is her um, and she has such a huge system that goes into it. What I do is more so if you see a photo shoot, um, the past few photo shoots, I've put everybody in that room done some of the concept work. If you see videos, I've done every video. Um, if you look at our IGTV or our feed and there's a video playing, I most likely either filmed it or directed it or am in it. Um, so my expertise is definitely in content creation, video work, and it's because my gift is just people. I'm definitely a people person and I'm so 
my number one strength is bringing people in a room together and being able to connect with them like that, learn their story so fast and have them learn my story and share bloom with others. So I definitely do that through video work. That's so cool. I love that. Um, well, forgive me if you said this already, what did you graduate? Like, what was your, um, what's the word? Major. Major. My major was communication. Um, and you could sort of do any sort of stream that you wanted to. So we had technology, I think we had government, we had media. So I was in the media realm and it was really cool. I got to do classes about journalism. We got to run the uh, program YouTube channel where we made journalism videos. Um, And then my minor was print and digital publishing. So that's where I learned more of the tangible skills, how to create a website, how to create a blog, how to uh, edit videos, how to use Illustrator, how to use Adobe, um, all of that good stuff. So it gave me honestly the push to where I am now. But what I would say for anyone who's in university, especially in a communication degree, is that Sure, the communication is going to teach you the theories, the communication theories, media effects, media framing, but what you do afterwards is truly up to you. Mm -hmm. And it feels like everyone in my program was like, I want to work in social media. I want to work in marketing, but there's only a small percentage who is actually putting their head down and doing the work. And you have to do that outside of school hours. You have to be on your LinkedIn game. You have to be filling out your passion um, every single day, creating, creating, if that's what you want to do. And you creating your own opportunities because I've been shut down by a multinational PR agency before. And I was like, if you're not going to give me that opportunity, I'm just going to create it myself. And so that's how I really learned how to get into video editing. And that's how I got the job that I'm doing right now. Um, So that's what I would really urge for any communication student. Do the work outside of the classroom. I know we talk about dogs a lot on this podcast, okay? Here's the thing. JC and I are both allergic to cats, but we know that you guys love cats and that you own cats. I wish I could have a cat, but I'm allergic. I found this kitten on the side of the road one time. It had an eye infection, and I couldn't even be in the car with it on my way to take it to the vet to get its eye infection fixed, and it had to go to a different family, and it nearly broke my heart because I wanted it so bad. But Anyways, I digress. Let's get back to talking about cats and cats owners, okay? So we have a sponsor just for you guys. We're thinking about you. As much as you love your cat, I'm sure you're not fond of the stink bombs that they leave in their litter box. Everything from cleaning to covering up the smell, I'm sure, is a constant battle. That's why you gotta use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter is kitty litter reinvented. Unlike traditional litter, Pretty Litter's super light crystals trap odor and release moisture, resulting in dry, low-maintenance litter that does not smell. And Pretty Litter is virtually dust-free because it's manufactured with a specialized de-dusting process. Less dust and no fuss. Pretty Litter arrives safely at your door in a small, lightweight bag that lasts up to a month. When you get your litter bags auto-shipped, you don't have to deal with last-minute trips to the store, which is amazing, and shipping is free. But above all else, here's why Pretty Litter is a pet parent's hero. It's a health indicator. Pretty Litter monitors your cat's health by changing colors when it detects potential underlying issues. That's so amazing. You won't find that kind of innovation in conventional litter. Get the world's smartest litter without leaving home by visiting prettylitter.com and use promo code WHATWESAID for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com, promo code WHATWESAID for 20% off. That's prettylitter.com, promo code WHATWESAID. Go check it out. I love that. And I think creating opportunities for yourself is so important. Like we've told the story about our starting our podcast and we reached out to our podcast network that we're signed with now. And it's like, 
They didn't reach out to us. Yeah, they didn't reach out to us. It's like we sought them out and said like, hey, we'd love to meet with you. And then we got signed with them. And it's like, sometimes you just have to make it happen. Yeah, make it happen and like do things yourself because it's not always just going to come to you. And like, I think that, yeah, the worst thing you can do is just assume that it will come to you and then it just doesn't and it doesn't and it doesn't. And then it's so disappointing. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like everything that you two do, me watching Mm -hmm. and me being a podcast fan is rooted in hustle. Like I can tell that you two just have the best chemistry and every day you're like, what can I post on TikTok? Who can we get on the podcast? (laughs) What kind of content can we be making? I feel like you guys are so fast. You just do it fast, which I absolutely love. I, one of my biggest pet peeves is people who sit around and they're like, I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, you know, I want to plan it out. I'm not going to do it yet. I love people who launch fast and they're messy with it Mm -hmm. and they're scrappy and they get it done. So I love that about you guys. Thank Thank you. you. I feel like what's important with that is whenever you're wanting to get into something, if you're truly passionate about it and you actually love it and you have like this deep-rooted passion, you're you're going to do things faster. And I feel like the people who sit around and wait, it's something that like maybe there's something in them telling them like maybe this is not what your true love is or your true passion is. It's like because I feel like with everything we've done at least, and I'm sure you can relate, it's like with the podcast, it's like this was something we wanted to do so bad and it was just it just felt right. So we're like, okay, let's just put do out it. a cover let's album. Let's it. upload the first, you know, episode. Let's reach out to this person, reach out to this because it just feels right. It's the classic thing of like, you know, what will you be happy you started today? Because I look back and we've been doing the podcast now for two years. And I always tell Chelsea, imagine if we just started right like today, we were like, let's start a podcast. I mean, that'd be great. But it's like, I'm so happy that we started when we did, when we had the first idea, you know? And our first episodes were not it. it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. You look back at your first few episodes and we're like, who let me put this on the internet? Seriously. But then you look at the Skinny Confidentials first a few episodes, and they are the goat for what we do. Mm-hmm. And their few, first few episodes were shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's like— You got to start somewhere. That's the only way you got to get better. Exactly. Totally. We were looking back at some of our um, old episodes, and we were shocked at how mousy we were so just like— Not hey comfortable. Yeah, yeah, like not comfortable. And now we're just so— excited and comfortable when we podcast it's really like not that we don't get the butterflies because we I think we still get excited but it's just not like this terrifying thing anymore because we've been doing it for two years and I'm so glad that we just started and just did it because Mm -hmm. now we can yeah you know now we've grown and it's like that with anything yeah yeah well so my oh sorry go ahead my question for you guys oh what were you gonna say no I was gonna say uh let's talk talk about your podcast but go first sorry ah okay well I actually have a question about podcasting because I feel like there's this whole new rise of micro influencers and people creating podcasts and I think that's so amazing so what is your um biggest piece of advice for getting comfortable in front of the camera or the podcast mic or any medium of their choice and really being their true authentic self because even me I listen back to myself sometimes and I'm like, do you, why didn't you say how you really felt? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's hard because when you think about it too hard, you realize you're talking to a lot of people. And so you're like, okay, everything that I say is on record out there. So, you yes. know, when it is something that you're like, ah, that's not really how I feel, but that's like the re- the correct way to say it. So I'm going to like say this, I'm just going to agree with them for now, whatever. Um, but I feel like actually something JC's dad told me, cause he's my coach and he was saying, you know, advice for us teaching our balance boss course is when you are 
doing something like that, podcasting, teaching a course, whatever it is, think about it as one person. Like you're talking to Mm. one person because sometimes when you try and relate to everybody, things get, that's when you get diluted, trying to be correct and trying to like be too perfect. And like, are people going to think I'm good at this? Are people going to think whatever? And just focus on that person and be like, what do they need to hear? Or like, what do, you know, what is going to make them feel better? And I feel like that Mm. helps so much because then you're not worried about everything else. Yes. And I I think this year, especially, I kind of made the intention to be more unapologetic because I've always classified myself as a people pleaser. I I always want to, I don't, no one likes contention, but it's like, I always just want to, you know, be nice. And I don't want people to think like, oh, that was a weird thing to say. Yeah. I want people to like me. It's like, and this year- It's human nature. mm -hmm, I've just realized that all the people I look up to are so unapologetically themselves. Like they don't try and like fit into a certain mold. They just say what they think. And sometimes they do have to apologize for things. Like it's like, oh, wow, I didn't, you know, like I didn't mean to come off insensitive, but it's like, at least they just say how they feel. And so that's been something that I've been trying to do a lot more on all my social media channels and on our podcast is just like, say what I feel. And and I'm not an insensitive person. So it's like, chances are I'm not going to say something like so insensitive or shocking. Like I like to consider myself an empathetic person, but it's like just saying that I like certain things and I don't like certain things and just like sticking to my guns. Cause it's like the best thing you can be is yourself. And you may lose some people along the way that are like, "Uh, I don't agree with that, but it's like, you're going to gain such a more loyal community that does agree with you. I totally feel that agreeableness can honestly sometimes be boring. You can follow someone with perfect sayings all the time and perfect Instagram photos, but then I'd much rather watch, like JC, you go deep dive into your sunburn (laughs) that you got. I'd much rather watch that on Instagram. Yeah, Uh, and I'm wearing a massive shirt right now because the sunburn is. is. She's got it covered up, folks. Yeah, (laughs) it is purple at this point. No, I I I completely agree. I think like we, we had dinner recently with someone in my family is dating someone new and she came over and we were at dinner and my family was talking about this movie that they like. And they were like, have you seen it? Do you like it? And she she was like, eh, like I'm honestly, like she basically said, like, I don't really love that movie. And I was like, I love that. Like, yeah. I love that you just admitted that like, we're all talking about how much we love this. And you're like, eh, I didn't love it actually. And you didn't just like, oh yeah, it's the best movie and go along with it. It's like, that's boring. Like say mm-hmm. what you think. I love that she just like said what was on her mind. And that's a silly example, but it's like, just stick to your guns, be you. That's the best thing you could be. Be you. I agree with true. both of you. <laughs> She's like, I'm agreeable. <laughs> I'm like, yes, exactly what you said. Yeah, tell us about I love everything you said. Your podcast. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break to talk about something that's very important. The future is unknown, plain and simple. If you've been struggling with the so called new normal, it's not just you, but stress and anxiety don't have to rule your life completely. If anything helps reduce stress and anxiety, it's talking it out. We know that. Uh, we have a whole podcast, and that's all we do is talk about things. Uh, Talkspace has thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationship issues, and more. If you have something specific you want to work on right now, they will find someone right for you. This is so nice to have, especially when we're quarantined and we can't go to a therapist's office. It's hard to find one that works for you. Talkspace is amazing. 
So one month on Talkspace costs about the same amount as a single in-person therapy session. But with Talkspace, you can send unlimited messages to your therapist and they will engage with you at least five days a week. That means you never have to wait to share what's on your mind. It's also secure and private using the latest encryption technology to store client information. So it is very secure and safe. The bottom line is that we all need to talk sometimes and Talkspace wants to give more of the support that we deserve at a price we can afford, which we love. As a listener of this podcast, you can get $100 off your first month on Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code WHATWESAID to get $100 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's what we said and Talkspace.com. My podcast is called The 20-something podcast. Um, it's by me and my co-host Angela. And we're really just all about Chelsea, you know, because you were on it. It was actually, a fun a few time. Weeks ago. It was. We were talking about health and all that good stuff. But the podcast in general is all about the trials and the tribulations, but also the triumphs of this really culturally significant time in our lives. And Angela and I, my co-host, we are really obsessed with this book called The Defining Decade that talks about how 30s are your new 20s and really touches on the idea that 20-year-olds are encouraged to be lost, encouraged to do this, do that, do that, um, not worry about the future. And of course, we don't want to put pressure on our peers, but we're like, your future starts now. Everything that you do contributes to your future. So we want to really give everyone that confidence and that push to try out their favorite things, try out new passions, but also learn about things that Oh my God, there's a bear right in front of me. <gasps> oh, are just you kidding? Canada things. Oh my God. Just Canada things, you guys. Too rare. Um, oh yeah, my but gosh. We, wanna, we also want to help our peers learn about things like investing that they didn't know about. Things like real estate that in Vancouver is such a crazy market because that's where most of our community is. Um, really bringing these concepts close to home and helping them understand these topics and make it less daunting for them, but also bring in inspirational stories. So we just want to be the BFFs of every 20-something-year-old out there and showcase all the different diverse stories that come along with it. That's so great. Yeah, I, I love that. I think like you, I love that you said your future starts now, even if you are in your 20s, because I totally agree. It's like the the norm to be, you know, your 20s are where you're figuring yourself out. And of course, some of that, you know, that's partly true. But I think some people can look at that as overwhelming. It's like, oh my gosh, I know all these 25-year-olds who already have their career and like, I don't know what I want to do. But I love to think of it as inspiring because I'm like, I know people younger than me that have like bought their first home. And honestly, to me, I think that's them. amazing. I think that's so yeah. inspiring. Like, I don't think of it as like, what? They shouldn't be doing that at that age. I'm like, no, that's yeah. incredible. Like, why aren't we that celebrating that? Exactly. We brought on um, Nina Huynh. Her name is Your Girl Needs. And she just had a baby at the age of 24. Um, and she really shared her story about how she decided whether or not to abort the baby. And that is such a story that is so important to hear. And we also brought on a married couple who's 22 and 21 years old. But then we bring on people who are career first. I'm not having a husband until I'm 30 years old. Hustle, hustle, hustle. We want to bring on everybody in different paths and not shame anyone, but celebrate everybody in their path. Um, also bringing on people who, you know, are serving, bartending right now. And they love that. And they know that's going to bring them future opportunities and really just highlighting all the different walks of life. Yeah, because when I see someone who is married and has a kid on the way, 
no part of me is jealous because I'm so confident and in love with my path and the podcast that I'm doing and the career that I'm starting. And there's no part of me that's jealous. In fact, it's just appreciation. You know, that's literally the key to happiness. Like what you just said, it's something we talk about a lot in our course that we teach is that comparison truly, where you find comparison, you find unhappiness because you compare, it's like you said, if you're in a bad headspace, you could easily be comparing to someone who does have a kid on the way. And it's like, oh, I should be there. But when you take other people out of the equation that should not even be in your equation anyway, you find so much peace and happiness. Yeah, exactly. Like there's no, and I think what you were saying at the very beginning, like with 20 year olds thinking like, oh, well, this is my time to be lost. And like, I shouldn't know what I'm supposed to do yet. I think people take that. Well, Whereas there is some truth in that where it's like, okay, obviously this is not the end. This is not like your final destination, but you can still be working a job. You can still be dating and like maybe married and whatever you want to do and be figuring yourself out. It doesn't mean you just have to go off and like, you know, just party your life away for years and years to figure out who you are. That that's not really going to help you even figure out who you are. It's like, you have to try a bunch of things and, you know, Maybe what you do start, the business you start in your 20s will not be what you're doing for the rest of your life, but it's helping you get there. And if you're just always finding like, okay, I do like this part of, you know, even for you, for example, it's like, oh, I like this part of this job that I'm doing right now, but I don't like this part. Like maybe I want to start this business or maybe I want to do this. And it's like, it's just all part of your own journey. And, you know, wrapping it up with what you just said, it's like, as soon as somebody else comes in the picture and you have like something to compare what you, you know, you're shitting on yourself, it just makes you automatically miserable. It makes you automatically feel like a failure at 22 years old. I so agree. Our huge thing is that we just want to empower you in your path and you can have absolutely no clue what you want to do, but you just need to try something that you love. And we know that obviously podcasting isn't very profitable. It's not going to bring us a lot of wealth, but it is contributing to something that we call identity capital that we really love. So while it's not bringing us monetary gains, it's bringing us wealth in the form of relationships and connections and skill building and um, just all of the soft human skills that we're going to need in the future. 100%. Oh, I love and, that. And podcasting, really, you get so much more well-spoken. I look back at two years ago and I'm like, uh, I sound a lot better now, I think. I, <laughs> I, have, I feel like I have a better vocabulary. I'm definitely not as nervous to speak in front of people or on the mic. And that in and of itself is a really amazing thing to gain from doing podcasting. Even if you're not making money, it's like the skill of speaking and interviewing people and connecting with people. That's really like irreplaceable. I agree. Um, okay. We do agree. We want to get into the Black Lives Matter movement. Talk to you about that. I know you had a video in IGTV that went up that I loved where you asked people what they had learned from this movement. So maybe Mm. we can start with that like were the um responses that you got were you like pleasantly surprised by them were you you know tell us about that yeah so i put up a uh question box prompt on my instagram stories a few weeks ago because i honestly had a bit of traction on my page that i'd never seen before i'd been um spotlighted by a creator that i really look up to emma leger and it was really just amazed to see her share that platform. Wait, is that and how so, you say her last name? Yeah, she's oh French. Oh my gosh, Leger. I literally have not been saying that. <laughs> At first I was like, wait, what? Who is that? <laughs> oh my that. gosh. Um, so yeah, she brought a bunch of people onto my page, which I was like, okay, 
what do I do with this? I feel so much responsibility. So I put that question box and I asked, what did you learn about this Black Lives Matter movement? Because it'd been a week. And if you didn't learn anything, then I don't want this to go to waste. And I got a lot of answers. Um, I didn't share all of them, but I got a lot of answers. And I didn't want to just put it on my 24-hour story. Even a highlight story felt like it was too fleeting for me. So I turned on the camera and I just shared it with everyone, kind of like a Q&A style. And I just shared my thoughts with every answer that I got. And a lot of the answers that I got were a little bit surprising because they were concepts that are ingrained in my mind just by my experience of being a Black woman in Canada. Um, Answers like white privilege, um, people learned what that meant. Answers like microaggressions, which are quite literally, I face it every single day. Answers like that, answers like how systemic racism impacts people generationally. Answers like, you know, how slavery and the indigenous community, sorry, the Black community and the Indigenous community have so many parallels and and share a lot of the same struggles because of colonialism. Um, So those were a lot of the answers that I got. And honestly, I was like, how did you guys not know this? But I was really happy to see that people were learning because I truly believe that this, this is a first time that I've seen the world angry with us and the world wanting to fight with us as well. Because Black Lives Matter is not new. It was created in 2014 as a response to um, the killing of Trayvon Martin and Eric Garner and Philando Castile and all of these other innocent, unarmed Black men. But at that point, I honestly felt like it was just people of color, mainly Black people, outraged by this. 2020, I call it kind of the second wave of Black Lives Matter. And I was really just inspired to see people fighting who... It does not affect their everyday life because I feel like that is the way that the biggest change forms. So, you know, I was really happy to see that people were learning these things because hopefully this means that we're all going to be better, better world citizens and better um, at teaching our future children. And hopefully my future daughter will not receive a lot of the comments that I received in kindergarten or grade one that really impacted my self-esteem and the way that I walk in this world. Definitely. I think like we talked about this a little on a little bit on our podcast before, but we grew up in such a sheltered like bubble bubble where it's pretty much all white people. And it's like, it's like you said, it's, it's nice that people care when this doesn't affect their day-to-day life. Because for us, it's like, we're completely, which again, it's no excuse, but it's like, we were just so unaware. And to have this, you know, to be made aware of it is very humbling. And it's like, I'm so grateful for the chance to learn and to like expand, you know, my circle and be more inclusive and like, not, not for tokenism, but because I want to be like, I think that's super important. So what are some things that you think we can do just in our day-to-day life to like, keep this conversation going and keep the movement going from now on? Yeah. I, I love what you just said, because you learning all of these things truly does make a difference in the world, even if you think that it doesn't. I think that you expanding your worldview and becoming more of a global citizen is just so awesome. Meeting different walks of life and just becoming more cultured. I think that's such a great thing. And I truly think that systemic change starts with just our everyday small changes. Yeah, of course, sign petitions and donate to organizations. But 
I saw this quote one day and it really stuck with me. It's like, so what are you going to do to make sure that your future children doesn't kill my future children? And that really just starts with everyday knowledge, um, learning about systemic racism, read books, watch movies, you know, and make sure that when you're sitting in a group of other white people, you're not just reinforcing each other's one story narrative. And if somebody says a comment that is problematic, that they think is a joke about whether it's the LGBTQ community or the black community or indigenous or any person of color, really hold them accountable and make them think about what they just said. Why was that funny to you? You know, I didn't think that was kind of a joke. Can you explain it to me? Questions like that, that don't necessarily come for someone, but really makes them think about, you know, what did I just say? And, and why was it really reinforced by, you know, my world around me? Because when I was little, I, I had little girls in kindergarten, my same, my same grade, um, say comments to me like, your hair is like this because your mom doesn't brush it every night. When I really just have curly hair, like my mom brushes it every day, but it's just curly or I would never want a black principal random shit like that, that I'm like, literally, where do these comments come from? Like, yeah. it it has to come from your household. So us having even these conversations and holding our friends accountable really just sets us up for the future and having um, global children that, you know, when they see a Black person in the supermarket, they're not going to be like, mommy, why is his skin like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it all does start with education, like you said. Like, you you care about something more if you have a better understanding of it and if you're educated. So when you're not educated, it's easy to be ignorant because you're just like, what? I don't, yes, I don't get it. exactly. But I think when you really like start digging and you start understanding things, it's like, oh, I this does matter to me. And so I think that's such a good point about like raising our kids to be just educated about this kind of stuff. Exactly. And I've, I feel like when I was in the fourth, fifth grade, we were beaten over the head with um, history of the Holocaust. And I'm so proud to have that knowledge because- you know, now I'm so much more empathetic and I know my, I know my history through and through. And I just want people to know history like we know the Holocaust about every single injustice that has been occurring. And that is still occurring to this day, not even in America, not even in Canada, but in places like Yemen, like Palestine, um, like Hong Kong, like all of these different places in the world. No, definitely. I think it's so important. Well, I was going to ask you, what is like a good way that you would recommend to people when they have kids? Because obviously we don't have kids yet, but when they have younger kids, like what are some good ways for them to, you know, bring culture to in their home more? Like books, is there any certain books, any certain like shows or movies or anything like that? What would you, what would you say? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I am 23 years old and I think I'm probably going to have kids in like 10 to 12 years. And I hope that I hope that the landscape of, you know, children's toys and movies and books changes a little bit. Um, I hope that we don't walk into, I think Toys R Us is done for good now, guys, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's gonzo. You know, any any sort of kid's toy store and the shelves aren't filled with just white Barbies. I really hope that's not the case because that to me, when I was a kid, made me think, you know, why isn't my hair blonde and straight? Why why is my skin like this? And then thinking about, you know, my family and our, and our heritage and religion. And I'm like, why don't we celebrate Christmas? Like those people, you know, making me really compare myself to the white kids at school. So I don't have a single 
book suggestion for you, but yeah, um, sorry, you're, not a, Gores, you're not a mom. She, I'm like, what do you teach your fine. kids? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, Lauren Gores, she is the co-founder of Summer Fridays. She is a mom and she has really done the work to find books about history, about indigenous history, about black history, about slavery that really simplify it for children. So I know she definitely has a story highlight about that. Um, yeah, just okay, making sure that the movies are diversified, I guess. Yeah, that they see it exactly like you said. Like, so that when they're in the grocery store, when they're five year old, like five years old, they're not like, oh, why does that person have darker skin than us? Like, what? It's not such a foreign concept to them. It's just normal. Exactly. When I have kids, I'm going to really make sure that they're in a school that's very diversified. Yeah. I do not. And, like I want, I want them to be so proud of the fact that they're black and I never want my future daughter to hate her curly hair or, you know, think, why is my skin so dark? Like, I really just want her to be happy and proud of the, of the body that she's born into. Yeah. Well, I have a question maybe to like end this. Do you feel hopeful for the future? Are you seeing this and you're like, this is a really good thing? Or are you kind of like, wow, we have like so much more to go? Like, what are your feelings at this point with the whole Black Lives Matter movement? I think that I honestly live in a little bit of a feedback loop bubble with my social media because when this was going on, my whole feed was black squares. Every story that I saw really reinforced my beliefs. And so that gives me hope. But I know that there are places in America and in different countries that are still rooted in anti-blackness because it's just a fact. Every single culture on this earth is anti-Black. Like, that is just the fact of the matter. And so while in Vancouver, we have more complicit forms of racism where um, you get looks or you get judgment rather than, you know, people aren't killing each other. People aren't killing Black people on the street here. I, I don't want to say that the world is doomed. And I'm very hopeful in terms of where I live and where my future children will be. But I literally, I have no clue about places in the States. What is it like over there right now? I mean, we haven't really left our houses in a couple, yeah, it's a few couple months. <laughs> We've been in our house for five months, but <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think it is. Like, diff- are there people, are there people in your circles who you're like, uh, like, I do not know why you said that or on your Facebook page or uh, Facebook, probably. Facebook is a whole world in and of itself. I try not to get on there. Um, I was going to yeah. say, there's definitely <laughs> no one in my life, like in my close circle that I'm like, okay, absolutely not. Like, yeah. you cannot say that. Like, I I feel like most of the people I associate with are like fairly woke. <laughs> like, they're, they kind of get what's going on and it's like, they're not. But um, I don't know. In our hometown, I think, I think people are way more sheltered. And again, they're just ignorant. They don't, they think that it doesn't apply to them. As much? Yeah, I was about to say. It's the thing that's, you know, always hopeful to me in any form or fashion when something, you know, a good movement comes along and it's like, it seems so impossible to like, you know, make it worldwide, like really take over. And like, it just feels, you know, getting it off the, whatever it's called, whatever that saying is, getting it going basically. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is like always hopeful to me is when it's like the ripple effect. It's like even one person who in, like impacts just one person that multiplies so actually more quickly than we think it does so it's like yes i see you know we've been impacted by people even that we just follow on social media and it's like we've learned so much and then we can teach other people and then 
those people can teach other people. And so with that, it's like there probably are a lot of people in, you know. Certain places. Yeah, certain places, especially like our hometown, again, where it's not. They're not faced with this on a day-to-day basis. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. it's like teaching them, having uncomfortable conversations about it because they just don't know. They they grew up in the same bubble as us. So it's like, hey, wake up. (laughs) And then, you know, from there, even though it is a long way to go, from there, I feel like just one, just impact one person for good and we're, we're going in the right direction. Exactly. It has to take a small group of people in every single sector to really make a change. And I think that the bigger influencers right now um, with an influencer culture really giving platforms and if a brand comes to them and they're not really aligned or it doesn't fit in their schedule, referring a black creator who's often overlooked but is amazing, you know, giving them opportunities in that sense um, because it is a really interesting time to be a black creator right now and getting all these opportunities that you should be, you should have been getting before but you're often overlooked and thinking about, you know, do they want me because of my talent or do they want to fill a quota? Are they, you know, compensating me enough or are they still lowballing me? All of these different things. So yeah, just being, just being an advocate in whatever your sec in whatever sector you are and making sure that, you know, it's fair and just is the most that you can do. Definitely. Okay. We're going to get into a little favorites section. So just First thing that comes to mind when we're talking about these items, tell us your favorite, your current favorite, okay? Mm, Um, okay. Recommendations. So tell us your favorite book at the moment. My favorite book is called More Than Enough by Elaine Waltroth. She was the editor-in-chief of uh, Teen Vogue, Condé Nast, and she is this big curly-haired woman, um, and she really tells her story of coming into her own, um, the path that she's walked and that has led her to be a judge on Project Runway and just live the fabulous blackity black life that she lives right now. And it's really inspirational. And I'd really um, urge everyone to read it. I love that. I want to read it. You said it's more than enough. More than enough by Elaine Waltroth. Okay, I'm writing that down on my long list. Look how oh, wow, long this that list is. Long. I don't even know if you can see this of books that I need to read. Holy moly! And that the checked long. ones you've read. Yeah. Good for you. Wow, you need to get going on those. Yeah, I have a <laughs> lot, girl. I have a lot. Okay, next is your favorite podcast, obviously besides ours and yours. You know what's crazy? I was just listening to your episode yesterday about lip fillers, and oh, then yes. I got a DM from JC. So law of attraction really works. Manifestation at its there finest. You know. Honestly, I do love what we said. You heard it here first. Thank um, you. Other than that, I love the Skinny Confidential, which I just mentioned before. I am obsessed with Lauren Everts Bostick. I don't even really Same. follow her on Instagram or YouTube. I just love her badass energy. I mm-hmm. love her unapologeticness. And I love that she doesn't always want to listen to, perspect- to perspectives that she agrees with. I always want to hear um, topics that I'm like, uh, like she mm-hmm. brought on a, she brought on a dietitian and he said that tomatoes are bad for you. Okay. And I was like, I don't know if, you know, I'm going to live by this, but the perspective that he was saying was so interesting that I was still so invested. And I think that it's so important to open your ears to perspectives that aren't your own. Um, Other than that, I love how it's made, how how I made it, how it's made by 
um, NPR, mm-hmm. Guy Raz. It's just famous companies like Whole Foods, Dry Bar, and the founders come on and they share the story. And it's really eye-opening because you see Whole Foods and it's like the most bougie, glamorous thing ever. But then you listen to the founder and he's like, yeah, my Whole Foods was so small and it was burnt down and, you know, <laughs> just his whole story. I know. I love it. Anything that inspires me. Yeah. Totally. It gives you so much faith when you hear that they started out and like failed a million times. You're like, okay, I think I'm going to make it. I think it's all oh, the right track. Something right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. What about a favorite skincare product? I know you mentioned mm. the Bloom one earlier. Since I mentioned Bloom, I'm going to not mention it right now. <laughs> okay. I love youth to the people. I absolutely Same. just love what they're about. And their kale spinach cleanser is literally what dreams are made of. Like, I don't understand how they got it so right. Um, I use it in the shower every night. And then I also use it to clean out my eyelashes, my eyelash extensions. So you can use it for both. But I'm really trying to get into clean beauty. And I just love youth to the people and what they're all about. Same. That would be my makeup, my skincare recommendation. Is that the cleanser you use? Yeah, I've been using that cleanser and I love it. I'm going to have to try it out. You know what my freaking husband did though? He used it as body wash the other day and I literally, I saw in the shower and I'm like, he freaking used that all over his body and wasted half the freaking thing. And I was like, did you use that as body wash? And he was like, yeah, just a little bit though. And I'm like, okay, well your body's going to feel extra nice because that stuff is magic. I swear my skin has been great ever since I started using it. Right. And I have to put, I have to put the girls onto something else um, before this ends. I was looking far and wide in the Sephora sale for an eye cream. Like I was going to buy Ola Henriksen. I was going to buy all these different eye creams. And then I was watching this YouTuber. He's like a super amazing skincare uh, dermatologist. Everyone loves him. His name is like Hiram Oh or my something. gosh. I love him. Chelsea's obsessed. Right? Yes. And he put me on to CeraVe eye cream because the second ingredient is niacinamide, niacinamide or whatever it's called, which is such an active ingredient. Whereas I was looking at all of these different ingredients of Sephora brands and it was all just fillers. It was all just water and fillers. And so I've been using the CeraVe eye cream. It's just a standard one. It is so inexpensive. I've been using it for a month now and my under eyes have never been more quenched and more bright. So I would really recommend that <laughs> I one. I love Snatch. it. We love it. They don't give yeah. you those little bumps under the Eyes. No. Because that's what a lot yeah. of eye creams do to me. I'm still on the hunt, so maybe I'll have to try that one. You know what? Everyone right? needs to no watch. No fragrance, nothing. Yeah, everyone needs to watch Skincare by Hiram because he is so knowledgeable. He'll be like looking at the back of a bottle and he's like, oh, this, mm, not so good. This is exactly good for whatever. And I'm like, how do you know all of this? I don't even think he right? is a dermatologist. I remember him saying he's just like a skincare. A skincare lover. Yeah. I'm like, how the I heck think do you he's know so amazing. He's so and good. I think he's so amazing for Gen Z because like we are we are so in love with marketing and branding exactly. and, you know, we can be fooled by that 24 seven. And he's like, this Kiel serum is literally all fragrances. Why are you spending $70 mm-hmm. on it? So I'm so thankful for him. And it's definitely made me a smarter consumer. Totally. Oh my gosh. I feel the same way where I'm like, I think the more expensive it is, the better it is for you. And he's like, oh, mm-hmm. here's this $10 cleanser that you can get that works better than all of those. And you're like, oh, okay, that's good to know. And also I just I'm saved just $70. Waiting. Right? I'm just waiting for him to come for La Mer. I'm really just waiting. He He is <laughs> also, funny. he seems so nice. I'm just like, yeah. you seem like the kindest person yeah. alive. He does. He seems like he just wants the best for you. Yes. Yeah. Manifesting him, him onto the podcast. Oh, that yes. would be so oh great. Hiram, if you hear this, you totally he lives in Hawaii. On. So <laughs> it looks like we're going to have to take a trip. 
Really? He lives in Hawaii? I think so. Not mad about it. That's cool. Okay. Catch me there. Catch me on Oahu. <laughs> Not mad about it. Seriously. Okay. Lastly, do you have a favorite workout app or like a workout YouTube channel or, or anything like that? Or are you mm. just naturally? Or are you just naturally snatched? <laughs> mm, okay. I've developed a little bit of a belly in quarantine, but I'm being so gentle with myself. I am so here for it. It's fine. Um, I... Have at home workouts. I really can't do it. I've really tried, but when this is all back to normal, I will be hitting up Legree West so fast. What is the Legree method? Is it's like reformer Pilates on steroids. Ooh, I want to try. So Pilates. it's like Michelle Obama does it. That's how she has her famous arms. Like it is oh, so yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a mega former machine. So it's even crazier, crazier than the reformer. And you just do, um, all these different Pilates moves and it has a trolley in the middle that you slide back and forth. So you can be putting your arms up and then going into a plank and sliding the thing, the trolley outwards, but it's all, the point of it is slow controlled movement. If you're doing a push-up, you never want to be at the bottom and you never want to be at the top. You want to be moving like molasses. Ooh, that makes my arms And hurt. so it really, I know, it really gets you so snatched though because you're so engaged for the full 40 minutes and you can only really do it two or three times a week. They definitely don't want you doing it every day. So that is my workout of choice and that's what I recommend. It is a little pricey, but if you have the money, it is so worth it. Is it in the States? Is, is it like a worldwide known thing or just like little boutique studios? It's definitely little boutique studios. I think the Legree method, I think the dude's last name is Legree or something. Mm -hmm. Like he is, he created the method and you have to be a certified um, studio, little boutique studio to do it. So in Vancouver, it's called Legree West. In LA, I know you guys definitely have, if that's where you're in, I think that's definitely um, a hot spot for Legree. You guys have so many I'm sure. Studios I think we do over there. for sure. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. We're going to check that out when yeah. quarantine, or I guess, who knows what we're in right now. Probably 2022 <laughs> is yeah. when we're going to get a chance in to a go. Years. And it's like phase 84. Yeah. Yep. We'll be sure to check that out. No, that really does sound <laughs> awesome though. Okay. Tell everyone where they can find your Instagram and your podcast and all that stuff. Yeah. So if you'd like to find me, um, you can search my Instagram, Eman Osman, E-M-A-N-O-S-M-A-N. And I had to put an extra N at the end because someone took my name. How rude. Always. Um, that is me. I have a YouTube channel that I'm really trying to get up, up off its feet because that is my true love. I love video editing. So you can just search me on there, Eman Osman. The podcast on um, Instagram at any platform is just the 20-something podcast. And it has my face on it because there's been an influx of 20-something podcasts in quarantine, um, which we definitely don't mind because we're all so different and there's room for everybody. But yeah, you can see me and Angela's face on there. And then Instagram is at the 20-something podcast. And where else can you, I think that's all the links. If you want to see Bloom, B-L-U-M-E on Instagram or bloom.com and check out the wonders of Meltdown for yourself. Go appreciate her all her hard work. Yes, her that. feet is Aww. so cute. You guys got to go check her out. Definitely. Okay, Aww, well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. This was- Thank you so much. I am like- actually a very big fan of what we said. So I'm really appreciative of the fact that you're just opening up your platform to different creators of all sizes. And I definitely, I definitely love you guys so much. So thank Aww, you. Thank we you. love you. You're fabulous. Thank yes. you so much. Aww. If you guys want to follow our <laughs> podcast Instagram, go to at what we said podcast. And you know, there'll be lots of stuff linked below in the description. We love you guys. And that's, that's what, what we said. said. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.